0: Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And as soon as you decide to start building the kingdom of God, He injects them with the power of the Spirit to cause them to come alive. Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines, We are taking the gospel to the world. Pastor, apologist, and Bible teacher. One truth that will be delivered in love and compassion, connecting every one person to all that God has promised them. You make me wanna dance and sing With every single word I bring. I will break this offering You are my wonder You we the wonder Today 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 Today, Today with Jeff Vines. Hello and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. My name is Bill and it's so good to have your company. As we continue our series in Daniel, Pastor Jeff highlights three ways we deal with or avoid thinking about the reality of death. Do we focus on romance or self-significance or put our trust in religious ritual? Or are we prepared to really seek the true nature of God? Let's get back to Pastor Jeff as he finishes. We're in Daniel chapter five. Nebuchadnezzar. You you have to look at this both individually and cosmically. Individually, Nebuchadnezzar wanted to build a kingdom to himself. And he builds a statue in chapter three. It's a towering colossus looming over the people. But then the dream comes, shatters everything. And what happens to Nebuchadnezzar? He can't sleep, can't eat. He walks the halls at night. He's under duress. He becomes angry and bitter and insane, lashing out at all the wise men. He says, kill them all. What's what's the king's real problem? His identity is attached to something, right? That is so weak, a little rock can knock it down. And so he can't sleep. He's anxious. He's frustrated. He's depressed again, individually and cosmically. So God is saying to Daniel and the king and to us, if you build your life on any other thing other than Christ, you are going to be haunted. And your demeanor, your emotional state is going to fluctuate up and down, up and down, up and down. Your popularity will fluctuate by the polls. Your money will fluctuate by the market. Your looks, all of that's going to fluctuate by the mirror. Everything everything has feet of clay. And at some point, the real kingdom, the kingdom of God is going to bring it down. That's the point. Something eventually is going to come into your life to show you what your real foundation is. And it's going to cause you many sleepless nights. So whose kingdom are you building? Really? Honestly, you know, If I followed you around for the next two weeks, let's say for the next two years, first of all, you get really tired of me after about a week, but if I followed you around that long and I watched, I watched how you spent your time and I watched what you gave your money to and I watched what you think about, if I could get inside your head a little bit and I could see what really drives you and what you're really pursuing, would I see that you are building a beautiful, wonderful kingdom of your own or Are you building and living for a purpose greater than yourself? And do you see how it's attached to your emotional demeanor? Your soul? The thing about Daniel that I really appreciate is he was forced to be part of the Babylonian wise men. He had to study things that he didn't particularly appreciate. But he learned the ways of the city of man that he might advance the city of God. Even his very name was very special. In verse 26, The king asked Daniel, now Daniel's name means God is my God. How would you like that to be your name? God is my God. Just call me God is my God. The Babylonians gave him the name Belshazzar, which means Baal is my God. How much do you think Daniel hated that? But he was so well respected, some of the things that I read in antiquities suggest that they actually called Daniel Daniel, even though his name was Belshazzar, even the Babylonians, which means he must have had such tact and such wisdom that when Daniel walked into the room, they called him Daniel. He, his name was a, a walking brick in the foundation of the kingdom of God. There's God as my God. Everyone gets to decide in this room whose kingdom you're going to live for. And you live out who you really are, not out of who you say you are. What you say really doesn't matter much. I've got a... Uh, A friend that I play golf with regularly. His name is Rick Reed, and he's usually seated on a Saturday night right here somewhere on the third row. And we we get along well. I usually don't keep friends very long, but I've kept him longer than most. And uh, he drives uh, a Prius. Now, do you know what a Prius is, right? I think uh, Steve Maharag once told me that a friend of his said, hey, I've got a Prius. I paid it off. It's cheap on gas. And he said, yeah, but it's still a Prius. (laughs) So I'll walk over and get his golf clubs out of his car. And Rick will say to me, hey, this is my yes car. And he says that almost every time we play. Now, what does he mean? Well, he's talking about last year we went through a yes campaign when we said That if we're really building the kingdom of God, we're going to give up things we love for things we love more. And Rick said, So I decided not to buy a new car and use the money to build something greater and bigger. So I decided I'm going to drive this Prius till it drops. You know what that is? That's a man who is serious about building the kingdom of God. Let's say you're a Christian actor or actress and you move to LA. A lot of them do. But you're a Christ follower. If you're not the kind of person that's asking the question, what kind of roles can I take and not take? Are there roles that I just simply as a Christian cannot take, even if they advance my career? If you never ask that question, how does the cross, the resurrection, sanctification influence my acting? What parts will I play? What parts will I not play? If you never ask that question, it's because you're locked into assimilation and you're kidding yourself. If you think you're building the kingdom of God, how dare God's kingdom get in the way of yours? The same is true if you're a Christian business person in this room, business lady, business woman, business man, whatever you are. If you're not asking the question, how do I run my business? Is profit the only thing I'm I'm after, the only thing that matters? Am I fair and just with my employees? Do I love God and do I love people as God loves them? Are there some jobs I just will not and cannot take because the temptation, even though it will be profitable, the temptation to be unethical will be too much, too great. Do I compensate people who work for me fairly? If you're not asking those questions, can I be associated with this brand? If you're not asking those questions, it's because you fully assimilated and you're building your own kingdom. And how dare the kingdom of God get in your way? However, and this is what they never told me when I was growing up in church. However, if you say, I'm not going to work in the city at all, I'm not going to be in Hollywood, I'm not going to be a politician, I'm not going to be a lawyer, police officer, accountant, or athlete, then you've separated that's not right either. We need Christians in Hollywood and in politics and in every form of government, athletes, whatever. When I was in Sunday school as a kid, we used to sing a song called Dare to Be a Daniel. Does anybody remember that song? No, because <laughs> I lived a very sheltered life. But it was a great song, but my Sunday school teacher never told me what it meant. Dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone, dare to have a purpose firm, dare to make it known. Daniel said basically. Be purposeful about your progress in the city of man. Go in there, but make sure you live distinctively as a a follower of Christ. Don't lose your distinction along the way. Hey, how many of you are sick and tired of me talking about my friend Tony Bennett? I don't care (laughs) because he's in the news again. I mean, here's a guy that just won the biggest prize in college basketball, national champions. Sports Illustrated, the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Associated Press all ran an article about Tony Bennett, and the headline was this, Coach Tony Bennett declines raise and encourages the school to give the money to his staff and invest in other programs at the school. Who does that? Who does that? They said, they said to him, why would you do this? Everybody kept saying, why would you do this? And he kept saying, because we have enough. We have enough. Tony is tactful, but he's unapologetically Christian. In fact, his whole strategy for his team is based on five pillars that are based on five scriptures, humility, passion, unity, servanthood, and thankfulness. And this is what Daniels do. The city needs people who will carry out the message of Jesus into the arts, education, sports, sciences, and social and political arenas. (sighs) And the thing about scripture is that we're seldom told is that the natural byproduct of authentic conversion is that you began building God's kingdom rather than your own. Building the kingdom of God doesn't save you, but those who are saved are building the kingdom of God. And the telltale sign of someone who's not building the kingdom of God, but building their own kingdom is that they don't sleep well, lack of peace, and contentment, anxiety, depression. Your soul knows that your dazzling self is ultimately doomed and it's going to take the smallest little thing to cause it to come crashing down. But I said, you have to look at this cosmically too. Go back again to verse 44. Those kings in the time of those kings, the God of heaven is going to set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. It's not going to be left to other people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it will itself endure forever. Now, pay close attention because this is the home stretch. I love this about this. And I, I, don't, I don't think I'd ever seen it before until now. The image that we see is a work of human craftsmanship gold, silver, bronze, feet of clay. The rock is the result of a supernatural action, it's a supernatural thing. And, and, The rock is the least valuable substance in the dream. So that means the kingdom of God is represented by the least element. You've got gold, silver, bronze, iron, clay. But even iron and clay require processing. This is a a rock, a stone. And yet God chooses the stone to symbolize his kingdom. You know why? Oh, man. I love Daniel too. And we can be here for months. God uses the weak to confound the mighty the disciples were a motley crew of fishermen and tax collectors jesus came from an obscure village and worked in carpentry it's amazing when you think about a shepherd boy slays a giant and becomes king a young man from the weakest tribe in israel defeats the midianite army gideon A little boy is pulled out of the water, becomes a prince and saves all people, Moses, or all of Israel. A little boy named Samuel is given to a barren woman named Hannah, becomes the prophet of all of Israel. And then finally, a group of peasants change the entire Roman world. This is amazing to me. Ah, but there's something different about these people who are unimpressive. They're unimpressive, but they're filled with supernatural power. That's why David and Gideon and the early church and you can change the world. It's because there is a gifting. Listen, Daniel had a special gift of interpreting dreams that God used at the right time and the right place to help a king far from God come near to God. Now, he's not quite there yet means God has given every person in this room. If you're, if you're a person that says this, you know what, Jeff, when you start talking about this, I just feel like looser. I'm just a looser. <laughs> I got no abilities. I got no giftings. I have nothing. Do you know that when you tell me that you are showing me that you are in a position of great strength? Paul said, when I'm weakest, I am the strongest. It's the people that feel like they have all this talent and so much to offer that concern me the most. Because if you can do it all yourself, you're not going to need God. But if you're in this room and you think, man, I really want to be involved, but I got no talent. I got no ability. You know what the problem is? The problem is that you've not yet transitioned over from building your kingdom to building the kingdom of God. Because when you transition over to building the kingdom of God, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you, he's going to open your eyes to the talents and abilities he's given you to use at the right place, the right time to change the world. Everybody gets to choose what kingdom they're going to serve. Now, can I ask you a question just while we're on this? Do you believe in God? I'm assuming that most of you are, most of you here do. Okay, but the problem is if you believe in, the God, in God, most of you, maybe not all, some of you are on a journey, you believe in God because of the revealed word of God. You have discovered who God is in the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the same Jesus that inspires scripture and that tells you that every single person who comes to Christ has a spiritual gift or gifts. And he, the moment in your life that you your mind turns to stop building your own kingdom, that talent or gift is on steroids. And God injects a power into you to be able to use you to accomplish great things and here's the beauty of it Ephesians 2:10 for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do that means that even before you were born these giftings and talents they were being shaped and formed in your mother's womb and as soon as you decide to start building the kingdom of God he injects them with the power of the spirit to cause them to come alive and here's what i've noticed This is 30 years of ministry. Your spiritual gift is usually tied to a holy discontent in your life. Now, every one of you in the room have something that just ticks you off other than your husband or wife. Something that really ticks you off. There's something that happens in the world that you think, man, that is so unfair. That is so unjust. You think it's by accident that you feel that way. But you feel that way because God has given you a holy discontent. Something that you, man, this ought to change. Now, when you start living for the kingdom of God you're going to find how uncanny it is that the spiritual gift that you've been given just so happens to match this holy discontent where when you start using it, you can actually make a change in the world. And what I'm telling you is you lost sight of it because you got you got distracted by living in your own little world and building your glorious self. And what that has done to you is it has caused you to stray away from the ultimate purpose for which you were born. As soon as you make the decision in your life that you are going to do what God has called you to do, and you're going to stop building your own kingdom and build his kingdom, that talent and gifting is going to be energized, and you're going to discover the very purpose for which you came to planet earth. That's how it works. But until you do that, there's going to be a real emptiness in your life. Now, here's the beauty of it. One more thing, and then I'll I'll take you to the end. Let's summarize quickly. So we've got this vision. The king wants a, a translator interpretation. He gets it from Daniel because Daniel uses his gift for such a time as this. He had a holy discontent. Now he uses his gift, solves the problem. His holy discontent was he was monotheistic in a polytheistic world. And now he gets to contextualize his monotheism into this world and show them there is one God in heaven. Okay, his gift matches his calling. And then the vision shows us that there is a kingdom that comes from outside of human kingdoms that will destroy all other kingdoms and it's gonna last forever. And then you get to decide which kingdom you're gonna live for. And those who've truly been converted, if they're if they have an authentic, genuine relationship with Christ, their attitude turns, they change. They still work and they eat and they live, but their primary motivation in all walk of life is to build the kingdom of God and then. When you really start growing, you know how the, the stone starts out small and grows into a mountain? Well, that can be taken two ways. One, yes, the kingdom of God starts small. It's not a boulder that crushes everything that disagrees. It's a small stone that starts in the heart and mind of every believer and it grows exponentially over time, and that's what's happened. But there's another truth to that stone. It grows that way in you. It starts out very small in you, and you're learning new things, and then it grows, and it grows, and it grows. And the more you're in tune with building the kingdom of God, the more awesome you become. And the more you begin to realize that everything that's happened in your life that you thought was God's abandonment was actually God further equipping you to do something tremendous in your life. Now, I read this past week about Josefina Guerrero. She was on the front page of Time Magazine in 1948, July 19th. She's an American hero. Joey, as she's called, was a spy, and she was the best. This young lady carried secret maps and messages back and forth across enemy lines for years. We really don't know how many thousands upon thousands of lives she saved, because when the Americans landed on Leyte, one of her first missions was to locate strategic Japanese military bases and anti-aircraft batteries. She did She did, and the Americans were able to take them out. She walked through 56 miles of Japanese encampments, checkpoints, and minefields. She was never once searched. The U.S. War Department awarded her with a Medal of Freedom because literally, they believed that she saved thousands upon thousands of lives. Now, she had a secret weapon, an unconditional insurance policy. She carries all these maps, all this material that will undo Japanese effort. And yet she's never once searched. And the reason she was never searched is because she had leprosy. Her calling matched her gifting. Sometimes something in your life that you have that is unfortunate It's not unfortunate at all, but the very thing that will enable you to build the kingdom of God in your life. But if you're building your, see, if you're building your kingdom, then you see everything that happens as detracting. Everything that happens in your life is a little stone. But if you see yourself building the kingdom of God, you know, that little stone just keeps growing and growing and turns into a mountain. When you become, you say, wait a minute, I thought we were talking about applause. Where'd that go? It goes here. When God sees you using your gifts and your talents and abilities and you believe in supernatural power, do you you believe in supernatural power? That's the story of Daniel 2 as well. Daniel believed that there was a God who would communicate with him, who would reveal to him the mysteries, the secrets. There is a God who will speak to those who are willing to listen. And as you began to live for his kingdom and as you listen to his ways, guess what happens? Your talents, Your money, your resources all start to funnel in a different direction toward building the kingdom of God. And if I can just be very honest with you, some of you get angry when I talk about money that I haven't done in quite a while, but you get angry because you're not yet in love with the kingdom of God. If I can just be honest with you. You, 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 See, if I'm building a house and my neighbor comes over to me and asks me to give him some money to build his house, what am I going to say? I don't think so. Get your own money. But if my daughter comes to me and says dad i'm building a house i need your help what am i going to do i want to help her build her house why because i love her when god asks you to help him build the kingdom of god and you say no it's because you're not in love yet because there's a byproduct of someone who has turned and had an authentic transformational experience with christ they now know there's only one kingdom that lasts forever And so he's going to get the very best of who I am. And when your life matches what you say you believe and you're building the kingdom of God in your life and you discover your gifts and you use them primarily, not only, but primarily for the kingdom of God, there is applause in heaven. Matthew 25, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. I love that Greek word happiness translated there. Some translations, joy but do you know it's tied with applause? Its root is tied with a gladness with, yeah, let's do this, way to go. <laughs> Somebody wrote, you'll be home soon. You may not have noticed it, but you're closer to home than ever before. Each moment is a step taken, each breath is a page turn. Each day is a mile marked, a mountain climbed. You are closer to home than you've ever been. Before you know it, your appointed arrival time will come. You'll descend the ramp and enter the city. You'll see faces that are waiting for you. You'll hear your name spoken by those who love you. And maybe, just maybe in the back, behind the crowds, the one who would rather die than live without you will remove his nail-pierced hands from the heavenly robe and applaud. Father, I thank you and praise you for the kingdom of God. I thank you that you call us to use our lives, our talents, that all come from you anyway, to your glory, for your pleasure, to build your kingdom. I pray that you would help us, Father, to have an eye-opening experience this weekend, to ask ourselves, honestly, whose kingdom am I building? Am I trying to get God involved in building my kingdom or am I involved in building his? And if I'm not there, we will say, you know what, I'm making a change. I'm turning from my old way and I'm gonna be resurrected to a new way of living. Father, I pray this would be so in our church as we go forward to change the world in Christ's name. Amen. You've been listening to Today with Jeff Vines. Next time, we'll bring you a new message from Pastor Jeff. You can listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff Vines wherever you get your podcasts.